welcome to One Man's Thoughts, Opinions, Views and Reviews of all Manchester United games. Today's game is Manchester United vs Burnley in the Premier League. United's team was a fairly predictable one, went strong. Uh, United have actually got a week off midweek this week, which is the first midweek they might have had off all season. Uh, the only real change was Cavani didn't play and, and Rashford did start. I'm surprised Rashford did start with the injuries he's carrying and the fact that Cavani didn't after a decent performance last week. But that that's the choice Solskjaer's gone with. Um, the game started almost immediately with Burnley going long and direct to Wood up front and, and scoring a goal. That was offside, was flagged offside just about. Um, really poor defending from Henderson. He came rushing out, and that wasn't the only time he came rushing out during the game and, and made a bit of a mess of it. And that's a bit of a worry. I think he'd probably pre planned in his head that Burnley were going to go long, we're going to put a lot of balls in the box, instead of wanting to dominate the, the, the aerial duel early on. Um, but what he did by missing the first one and conceding the goal that was disallowed actually probably give Burnley more and more encouragement and sort of knocked his own confidence, although he still kept trying to come. Um, his performance wasn't good today. It looked a bit erratic. Uh, however, I wouldn't say he was particularly at fault for the Burnley goal. Um, but like I say, he didn't look as secure as he has in previous games. Um, the one thing I did think Henderson did reasonably well was, was roll the ball out quite quickly from from the times he had got the ball in hand. Like I say, the decision making was really, really poor from him today and, and that's a worry. Um, it almost seems to be the complete opposite of what De Gea would do. De Gea is very often rooted on his line and, and doesn't come for things that he probably should where Henderson today came for things that he probably shouldn't have. So it's it's a really, really odd situation out with the goalkeeper. So a horrific start that, that they got lucky for, really. Uh, he was only just offside, but was offside. And then the game settled down into a pattern of United you know, dominating the ball. A few half chances, got in a, a little bit down the left-hand side. Uh, Wan-Bissaka down the right had a lot of space and probably should have done better. I think Wan-Bissaka through the game probably needs to just have a go at the fullback. Sometimes he's very often left in a lot of space or left one-on-one. One on one. And I know he's not the best at beating a player or the best at crossing the ball, but sometimes I think he needs to at least have a go a few times in a row just to sort of put that doubt in the fullback's mind. So as it's happening, the fullback's not really needing to close him down. They can just let Wan-Bissaka have the ball because they know it's just going to come back into midfield and backwards so there's no real urgency where I think if he did sort of attack the fullback once or twice or whip the ball in occasionally then it might put that bit of doubt in and, and eventually he would get one right uh, so but United dominated the ball first half like I say really create huge opportunities uh, a few half chances um, Rashford had a, had a good shot saved but yeah a game that was sort of drifting but United controlling. Then the second half uh, started. 
the half started with United scoring really early, a really good move down the left-hand side, Shaw involved to Rashford with a nutmeg through the, the full-back and, and made good strides and, and the ball across was, was excellent and a lovely dummy from Fernandez and Greenwood at the back post slot tied home beautifully. It was a lovely goal. And you think, yeah, Burnley, although they had a few half chances, were going long. Um, and you thought, mid in quite deep, you think. You get the one goal lead, you control the play like you did first half, and, and you, you're going all right. Um, but what actually United did was go down the other end and, and concede some necessary defend poor defending then to concede a corner and some poor defending at the corner to concede a goal. Uh, it was Wan Bissaka's man, Maguire was there. <laughs> sort of hard to pin exact blame and, and it was not necessarily always needed, but it was a very soft goal. United are very poor from corners and, and balls in the box and they showed that all day against Burnley. That's really what Burnley offered was the ball into the box. They tried to get the ball in the box as early as possible and United just didn't deal with it. Um I didn't think Maguire or Lindelof were particularly good in the air or very commanding. Um, and they didn't pick up second balls either. It wasn't just they didn't win the first header. They they, they allowed Burnley to win the second ball. And it was a bit of a mess, really. Um, so it went one all and you thought all that hard work had, had been undone from United, uh, which it had in lots of ways. But I thought significantly Cavani had come on half-time instead of Fred and United played Paul Pogba further forward. And I thought that lost United the control of the game in lots of ways. United dominated the ball, maybe didn't create as many chances as they could have done. And I see what Solskjaer was trying to do was be a little bit more attacking by playing Pogba deeper and more attacking player deeper and giving him a bit of license. But what I think it actually led to was much more space in midfield and the lack of control from United. United didn't, dominate the ball in midfield and in some ways the game ping pong from one end to the other uh, United carried the great threat but Burnley moved the ball forward very quickly and they, they got into midfield and then and then could move the ball quickly into wood and high in, and long and put balls in the box very easily and I think it was because United couldn't control that midfield and the, didn't seem right I think that's kind of where United are at. Look at United, and I don't see that they've got a good enough defensive midfielder to play one holding midfielder, and that I think really causes them problems. That you look around the country and you really want to play with one holding midfielder and get Pogba to be able to play in more attacking roles. Paul Pogba's a, a top quality footballer, but he's much better going forward than he is being disciplined and, and and having to watch his position and, and that's quite right and that's quite that's where he should be he should be pushing forward he looked really dangerous first half I think you take some of the, the danger away playing him through the through the back and I think also he hasn't quite got the positional sense and I think that's why Solskjaer tends to play two holding midfielders because he just doesn't have the quality to play the, just the one the one that's good enough to, to dominate that area on their own I don't think Fred is good enough or Matic is good enough or McTominay are doing it on their own. And I think that's why he generally plays plays a couple of them in there to, to cover that in deficiency. So it's a it's a bit of a concern. And it did allow Burnley to be able to get in 
on occasions without creating too many good opportunities. United did get the winner or two winning goals later on. Um, a big deflection from Greenwood, he cut in on his left. He had a, had a dig, um, which was quite nice. It's good to see him shoot. Uh, I thought Rashford had a couple of opportunities earlier in the half. He, he fainted, he came back on his left, but back on his right. And maybe sometimes he just needs to pull the trigger because uh, you never know what will happen. Um, and Greenwood did pull the trigger. And sometimes that's what you need. And I, I do remember Rashford scoring the goals against Wolves. Pulled the trigger with his weaker foot, scuffed it, it, it caught a deflection and, and went in for the winner in the last minute. So I, think, I think they do need to sometimes shoot a little bit more often. I think that goes props across the team, except for Bruno Fernandes. So, you know, it got back in front. And then, I wouldn't say they controlled the game again. Burnley got the ball into the box on regular occasions without, again, looking hugely dangerous all the time. But United got the third on the counter-attack. Um, lovely move. Lovely play from Bruno Fernandes into Van der Beek and, and Cavani with, with the tap-in finish, uh, which is probably all Cavani did second half. He worked hard, but didn't have much opportunity on the ball, but but got a goal, which is important. And United kept going right to the last. And I think that's a very academic of what United do as a side at the moment. Like United can go down, they can see concede goal. Um, they very often go through games without playing particularly well. Um, I wouldn't say they play well at all, but they come out with 3-1 winners. They seem to grind teams down. They seem to find a way of winning. They seem to play moments. They seem to have just the, like the first goal. It was just an absolute moment of, of good quality down the left side and, and a bit of quality in midfield from Hernandez to let the ball go through. Um, and the third goal was another good move, bit of quality. Um but it's not quality and, and control uh, for long periods. It's quality in 30 seconds play or minutes play, never across a half or very rarely across a half. They did play well against Spurs last week for 45 minutes, but that seems to be the exception as opposed to the norm where I think United, to be a proper title-challenging team, need to be more dominant across a period of time, 45 minutes, 90 minutes, on a more regular basis. But again, a good win. United keep winning. That's it's a it's a good thing. It's a positive. There was breaking news of a breakaway Super League during the game. Um, I suppose I should touch upon it. I, I do like to keep the podcast more to the footballing aspect of things. Uh, I'm a football fan. Um, I like to have, see what's happening on the pitch. I, I do do like to watch the transfers and see what's happening in the market. But I try not to get too involved in the politics of the Glazers, how much money they're taking out of the club, or etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Another things that happen in football, although I, I keep a, an interest in it, I watch what's happening. I don't like to bring it into the podcast because it's not what's happening on the pitch, and I think that's the most important thing. But I do suppose it's it's important to touch upon the Super League because um, it will affect what's happening on the pitch. I think. Um, as people will be aware, almost all fans or people around the game, anybody that's really a football fan or a football person, um, has condemned it. And quite rightly, the idea of a closed league seems a little bit silly. Um, my understanding is that it's going to be sort of a midweek type competition. Um, so I assume that 
in their eyes that they want the Premier League reduced the number of games to support that so they can fit the games in or that there wouldn't be a Champions League I'm not quite sure how that would work how they even think it's going to work to be honest the idea of taking competition away surely it just becomes a friendly then and nobody wants to play friendlies no fan wants to watch friendlies really um, I know it'd be for a trophy but if there's no relegation or or any sort of real outcome then if you start badly but no chance of winning then why do you bother? <laughs> it's bizarre. It really is bizarre. Um, it, it is driven by money. I think football's driven by money. Um, but I think also we need to be a little bit careful because the Premier League was born out of money and greed and in a similar way, although it is competitive, the Premier League and this relegation and promotion. It was controversial at the time as well, so that we need to we need to think about that. Uh, this is slightly different, like I say, because this does seem to get rid of competition altogether. I'm not quite sure how it's going to work on the ground. Um, I'm not sure where it goes, how it goes. You've got football fans that don't want it in this country, but are you then just going to play to the TV markets in the rest of the world and potentially not have fans in the ground, have half-empty stadiums for, like, you see in League Cup games... Our owner's going to be happy with that. I, I just don't know. Maybe the bigger clubs, United, Liverpool, will will find enough supporters to fill stadiums. But Arsenal, maybe not so much. It just it seems a bizarre one. It'll be interesting to see how it develops over the next few days, few weeks. Uh, political figures have got involved. Uh, the Prime Minister, lots and lots of people having their say. Um I would imagine that people could stop it at a high level if the, if the government would get involved, if they really wanted to. Um, I can imagine the football authorities trying to stop it, whether that actually happens, whether the clubs will just have too much power and, and, and push it through anyway. I don't know. I, it's, it's one that's up in the air, but it's just a bit of a joke, really. It's not something that football fans want. Um, I still love to watch Man United play and I like to watch them play in the Premier League I love the fact that they played Burnley today I love the fact that it's, it's not always a, a European tie here that they've got Roma in a couple of weeks it's nice to see them play Roma but if they were playing European teams all the time I think that would lose its um, appeal um, Super League would have Liverpool and City and so there would be those games but it, it is nice to, nice to see United play the other English teams it's nice to see them go and have the history that they've got playing Southampton, for example. There is just something nice about that, and I don't think you can never really get rid of that. I think the history is there. I think the history is too much of a pull. Um, but it does feel like, even if the Super League doesn't go as they plan, that they will force something through, that something will change quite significantly. Um, there's also significant plans in footing for Champions League by what I understand which will be announced on Monday um, so it's just a waiting game the things will play out I suppose the fan myself and general fans will have very little influence we can voice our opinions but whether that will actually make any changes I just don't know so 
thank you for listening to one man's thoughts, opinions, views and reviews of all Manchester United games and I will catch you down here next time. Peace.